The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hope you're having a fantastic day. It is Hope Day! Or as we like to call it here at the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News, the last day of the week for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off to Victoria tomorrow. You're down at the Stollery. Yeah, the Stollery. So, you know, the Stollery Children's Radiothon got underway today. Our sister station, uh, Kissin' Country and uh, 92.5 Fresh FM, uh, Fresh Radio, down uh, doing uh, their shows from there today and tomorrow. Bruce Bowie will be there live tomorrow from 5.30 till 9. I will be there from 2 to 6. We'll bringing you those stories about those, those miracles, really truly everyday miracles that happen at the Stollery and asking you to continue to support us in, in raising money. You've done such a great job over so many years. The 19th edition really? of wow. the Radiothon. And what was it last year? What did we, it was like 1.4, 1.7 million dollars. And hey, Chadville, we can't do it without you. You. So that's tomorrow afternoon. I won't be there, as I say, so I'll say it now, that that's a facility that you may never use, but you'll always be tremendously grateful mm-hmm. that it's there mm-hmm. because when you need it, you need it. Did you write that down in your little book? Is I that did what you're, not. Oh, okay. I was actually just checking to see what time my flight was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do you have your daytimer out? <laughs> <laughs> my old school paper day What planner. time is your flight tomorrow? 11 a.m. Oh, that's not a bad flight. So that's flight. not bad at yeah. all. It's direct to Victoria as well, which is yeah. marvelous. you to go have uh, lunch with some of the, the old folks? and <laughs> Not doing that at all. I'll, I'll go right into my usual uh, schedule of get there, get sleep. to the hotel and go to sleep. Yeah. It's the best part for me of being a comedian is you get to nap in the afternoons and nobody bugs you. I love it. Can't even do that at home. Well, I can't do it on a weekday at all, but although I've been known to doze off a little bit here. Lose focus, I guess, not doze off. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Hey, we've got a great guest coming up uh, just we after 2.30. The mayor of Red Deer, Tara Veer, is going to be joining us. Um, the big announcement last night, CFR moving to Red Deer. We know that... Um, it ended not not here in Edmonton anymore. What forty four years? Yeah. And uh, so on the move down the highway. So we'll talk to her about that. Obviously, pretty excited about that and what that means for the well, for the right. city. Great news for Red Deer, but of course, uh, and we have listeners all mm-hmm. over the world, and you know we have listeners in Red Deer. So exciting news for people who live in Red Deer, but not necessarily great news. Not well-received news for pe- some people who live in Edmonton. It's it's well, a there's, loss there's, to the city. Uh, of course, and there's still you know there's a lot of folks that are saying you know why did we have to lose it? What happened? Why 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 why? But okay. <laughs> well, we closed Northlands. That's yeah, why. That's why, why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be laughing about that. It's a it's it's a loss uh, to the city. Do you remember when it was going to Saskatoon and then it wasn't? Remember that? Yeah, I remember there was talk about that. Yeah, it was like they had a done deal, and then they undone had, the deal. I hadn't been to CFR in, in quite a while. I have been to C- CFR since I've lived in Edmonton, and I do enjoy rodeo. Uh, when was living in 
Regina, what do they have there? I think it's called Agribition. Mm, nice. Which um, has some rodeo. Is that part of Buffalo Days? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but it was it was fun. It was always great to watch. But I, this sounds funny, but I like cows. I think cows are... Yeah? Yeah. So there was a lot of cows around there, so I was, I was happy. What would you like to start off with today before we get the mayor on the phone? Uh, I, I bet you I know what you want to start with, so go ahead. Well, I want to talk about the Citadel. I know you do. Yeah. And, and Ryan Jesperson and I were uh, sort of tweeting at each other. Very friendly discourse last night. But well, the, you were going on about the money and federal grants, provincial, all that sort of I stuff. I was because, and you know, the story in a nutshell, I'm sure you've all heard it on our news this af- or yesterday afternoon, and probably it's been on today as well. But the Citadel... Uh, a professor, uh, controversial, a controversial professor. professor from Toronto. His name's Jordan Peterson. There you go. So, and I don't want to sum up his beliefs in a single sentence, but to make it easy, he's sort of opposed to. He's um, he's refused to use gender neutral pronouns. Right. And then, um, as well, during um, the Senate committee hearings um, in in Ottawa, uh, he spoke out against uh, legislation aimed at enshrining the rights of transgender people in Canada, arguing the bill would infringe on the freedom of expression. Um, So a bit of a controversial fellow. Exactly. So uh, recently the Citadel, he he sort of brought it to the the attention of media that the Citadel, in his words, canceled the Mm -hmm. booking and he's having to find another venue. The Citadel saying, we never had a booking. Mm -hmm. He he never paid a deposit. We never signed a contract. And we've decided not to take the booking. And people are seeing it a couple of different ways. And I just kind of want to talk about it. And, you know, you, Jay, our listeners can change my mind. But here's my take on it. Um, first of all, this guy lives off controversy to sell books. That's what he does. So This is perfect for him. Yeah, so this plays right into his yeah, hands. Absolutely. Let's not lose any sleep over the professor. But as far as the theater goes, um, the, the argument becomes, well, Citadel Theater is inhibiting in some way free speech because they should allow whoever wants to rent, rent their venue to rent their venue. And then that conversation moves to, well, wait a second, isn't that, so doesn't the Citadel work off public funds and tax dollars, and therefore who are they to edit mm. uh, or in any way uh, silence opposing views, whatever doesn't fit their vision, right? Yeah, and their statement, and, and they did put out a statement, said, quote, the Citadel Theatre reserves the right to refuse events that are not in keeping with our mandate, values, or vision statements. But can't really on the website. I looked for that vision right. statement last it's night. Not it's, it's not there. Uh, they go on to say, upon review of this event, we determined this event was one we should refuse on that basis and advised Dr. Peterson that his request to rent the venue was declined without acceptance of his deposit of the rental. So, you know, perhaps... the uh, yeah. By the way, they said uh, it's vision statement, uh, the theater... Um, does say, though, the programs and practices are to be inclusive. Yep. Innovative and international. Okay. So, you know, by that, uh, inclusive, yeah, they mean... Yeah, that's the word right there. Right. And so inclusive, they don't necessarily mean include everyone. I think what they're saying is that their programming is more inclusive as society changes and that sort of thing. Not in terms of, well, anybody who wants to rent it gets to rent it. Inclusive, right? But let me just say this, because the other conversation that broke out on Twitter last night, mm-hmm. and it's fair to ask what the values are of the Citadel Theater because they're not clear. Um, that's a fair question. And, and sure, ask the question. But in terms of, well, it's a publicly funded venue and therefore it shouldn't have the ability to turn down anyway, 
anyone. I completely disagree. So there's two uh, funding sources for a theater, for an arts presentation, for a festival, for whatever. There's, there's, well, there's more than two. But basically, they come down to two forms. One is capital uh, funding. So that's if you want to in, you want to improve, modify, add on to your facilities. So the Citadel recently got half a million dollars yeah, from right. the federal government to do just that, right? Now that's not for programming, for presentation, for operating. That's to improve their theater or it's to like for fix. seats and yeah, lights yeah. And, and stage, to, yeah, to or, yeah. fix shortcomings or. And I know that they still need more money for yeah. their roof, which is leaking, by the way. Um, but where that money comes from is a fund called the Canada Cultural Spaces Fund. It was set up in the last budget, um, and the Canadian government promised 168.2 million dollars in cultural infrastructure, so capital projects, to be spread out among those most deserving projects of which mm-hmm. the Citadel was chosen to be one. So they got half. A million dollars of how much? How much I ever just said? Uh, 162 million or whatever it was. Okay, 168.2 million. So that's one thing. So that has nothing to do with what you program, who rents your facility, or anything else. That's we're the biggest theater in Edmonton, and we're falling apart, and we need money, and that's what the program was set up for. So that's not. I don't think part of this conversation. Then there's operating uh, grant streams. Now, the Edmonton Comedy Festival gets an operating grant stream from the provincial government and the city council. We don't get one federally, but it's the same sort of grant stream. In that grant stream, when they award you money, they award you for what it is you intend to present, but they don't tell you how to present it, what to present, who to do business with. And again, not to focus on the comedy festival, but of course I know it best. If we had, we had last year a, uh, a pride gala. So, and it was quite successful. Scott uh, Thompson from Kids in the Hall headlined it. Now, they don't tell us you must have a pride gala or they don't tell us you can't have a pride gala or they don't tell us we would like you to hire this comedian or that comedian you simply say what it is you're trying to accomplish your mission statement which you can find on the citadel site and if it meets the criteria of the funding you get the funding simple as that so when people say well wait a minute there's public money involved in this there's public money involved in all arts presentations all of them Mm -hmm. i don't know of and i can't think of any intermediate to major, I mean, certainly little one-nighters here and there that put on plays or whatever probably don't get grant money. But big productions, big festivals, big venues get grant money. That grant money in no way is predicated on who you're going to rent your venue to. So that argument, I believe, is gone. So what's left is, should a theater, which is the the last bastion of free speech mm-hmm. and inclusiveness say we don't want to rent to a person that's the only question and i believe and it's just my belief the answer is yes they should be able to say who they rent to they're a business Mm -hmm. in business to make money Mm -hmm. and don't let that public money cloud the issue they're they're a not-for-profit but they are a not-for-profit business so i know the suggestion was made and that's where i jumped on twitter last night where somebody said with all you know i mean with good intentions they said well you know what they should do is they should rent to them and then donate them the rental money to an lgbtq2 group or something and that's where i jumped on because I, why should they yeah they're in business to make money and to break even. Why should they take his money and give it to a group? That's not how business works. And to suggest that would be to say, okay, well, why don't we all do that? Let's <laughs> you and me work for free today and donate to some good cause. Like We're here to make money as well, right? Let's just be honest. We're, if it was free, I wouldn't be here. 
So I'm here to make money. Yeah, I love my job, but um, right. I need to get paid to do it. Exactly. And it does cost money, by the way, to put a production on. You know, you have to have staff, and you have to have box office, and you have to have tech people, and it does cost money to put a production on. So in my view, I mean, that's just my view, and I'd be interested to know what listeners believe, but can they say no to somebody? Yeah. Yeah, I think they can. And should they be able to say no to somebody if they're using public money? Still, yeah. That public money is not predicated on telling them how to Mm -hmm. do business. It's simply predicated on what it is they want to do. Saw a lot of writers, a lot of authors last night um, saying, hey, uh, you know, as as Andrew mentioned, you know, the theater is kind of the the last bastion, really, of of free speech. Mm -hmm. And it's where we go to to explore things and to... Sometimes watch things make and, yeah. that are that are uncomfortable things that make us happy things that make us sad things that make us think sure things that make us question that's right how we think and our beliefs and and all of that so part of me last night as we had this discussion in the house mm-hmm. was Oh, I'm, I'm not sure that they should have done that. Well, uh, on the again, yeah. and I and and this was it, and I'm still kind of back and back and forth on it. On the other hand, as I read more about Jordan Peterson and what he stands for, some of the things that he has said, the things that he believes, um, including you know this one, a video he uploaded to YouTube in which he suggested men can't control, quote, crazy women because men are not allowed to physically fight them. Um, I thought, "Mm, okay, I have transgender friends Mm -hmm. who I I could, I I know would be insulted by uh, him not using gender... um, uh, the proper uh, pronouns for, for their gender. And I support them Mm -hmm. i support them um if if my friend identifies as a woman and is and she is being called a he to her face that is insulting is it hate speech i don't necessarily believe it goes that far Um, no i don't either and but then my question then so the next part of the conversation at home went is where's that line right and and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I'm agreeing with everything you said. I know, said, yeah. Right? Here's where I think, for me, it comes down yeah. to. Should the Citadel have taken that booking? My answer is absolutely, categorically, yes. They should have taken that booking. Should they have to take the booking? No. no. So no. they chose not to take the booking. And when you talk about freedom of speech... And I, and I wonder, though, yep. too, how much was actually signed, how far or did along the this nothing was signed. Yeah. And so, again, this fellow is selling books. He is. And, and just, generating publicity. Just to add this to the mix a little bit, and I said it on Twitter last night as well, we rent theaters and venues all the time. We rent seven or eight of them each year for the Edmonton Comedy Festival. We have theaters that you're, you yeah. know, our listeners know, who've said no to us. Yeah. We won't rent to you because they don't believe stand-up comedy fits their mm-hmm. their venue. And so we just go, okay, and we go to another venue. We understand. They have a vision for what they want to present. Stand-up comedy doesn't fall within that vision. So fine. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see that as a freedom of speech mm-hmm. issue at all. They just don't want to rent to us. Okay, fine. Or they don't know us. Or, yeah. you know, for whatever the reasons is, that's fine. But when you talk about freedom of speech, I wonder how many people who are upset about this on either side were even going to go see him. 
You know, and I, I realize there's a principle at play yeah. here, but if freedom of speech means anybody gets to say anything they want, should that argument say, well, you know what? We should all be required to go listen to them then. We shouldn't be able to make the decision. Yeah. If the theater can't decide whether or not they want to put them on stage, how come we get to decide whether or not we go? Shouldn't, if yeah. we want to you know, absolutely make that argument that everybody has to hear everybody's opinions, then we should all be obligated yeah. to go and listen and to someone them. had just texted in and said, hey, um, you know what? Um, he has no problem with using he or she. Um, but he doesn't use the other pronouns like Z and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. I, you know. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Like I say, I think the Citadel should have rented to him. But I think they have every right not to. And somebody had asked on our texting line when we first started this conversation, I apologize, it's not in front of me anymore, we're getting so many texts, well, how does that relate to the guy who doesn't want to bake the cake, right? The wedding cake for a same-sex marriage or whatever. Not a popular view, but I'm going to tell you right now. Should he? She? Yes. Does he have to? She have to? I think no. Mm -hmm. I, I, with me, business is business. Conduct the business you want the way you want to conduct your business without interference from government yeah. or, or, or anybody Again, else. I, for I'm going to go back to that one though and go. Where's the line? Where do you right. draw the line? So you don't want to bake a cake for a gay couple's wedding. What if you say, no, I'm not going to bake a cake for a black couple's wedding? Right. That's where it becomes that's, really. And you know, that's or where, a Jewish couple's wedding. Sure. Or, or, or. So if, if there's enough pushback to that, because businesses are in business to make money, if there's enough pushback to the baker that he loses all his business mm. because he wouldn't bake a cake for um, uh, a same-sex couple, then so be it. The market decided, right? If the Citadel stops getting sponsorship money and people stop buying tickets to any production at the Citadel, then so be it. The, the market balanced yeah. itself, right? I think, there, though, there is a difference between that and, and, and refusing service to someone based yes. on their skin color, You're their sexuality, right. all of that sort of thing, right? You're absolutely right. I mean, in this case, they didn't say it was a transgender person trying to rent the Citadel, and they said, well, we don't rent to transgender. Um, then I would be at the front of the line arguing, no, they have to. But I, in this particular case, I just feel like it doesn't fit the all-inclusive nature of the society that is theaters, arts. Yeah. Right? And, and, and is his speech, and when, we're talking, when we talk about... Is free, his speech hate speech? It, it, yeah, when we talk about free speech, mm -hmm. you know, exactly. Is it hate speech? Does it go that far? I haven't heard his speech, Nor so I, I don't know. I've read about some of the things he says, um, but I'm not trans. I'm not transgender. Right. And here's the thing, Jay. And this this is really fog, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. And we said it off the top. This shouldn't be a deciding factor, but it has to be in the back of your mind. This guy seeks out controversy. He's selling books, right? Because he's selling books. Right? So he, I bet you he was absolutely thrilled. thrilled when they said they wouldn't rent to him. And the fact that he, and he actually forced their hand because, and I've dealt with the Citadel, I know how the, the deposit contract reservation process works, and they're pretty good over at the Citadel. If your deposit's in, you get the contract right back. So the fact that the deposit wasn't in, he didn't have a contract, I think he was waiting for them to say no. And when they didn't, he announced to the venue, forcing the Citadel to say, uh, hang on, we're not renting to you. And, and so I think that this played out exactly how he wanted it to. It's, uh, 
it's an interesting conversation. There's been lots of debate on it, uh, certainly social media and uh, on these airwaves over the past 24 hours. Thanks for all your texts at 630-630. The phone number as well here, always 496-0063. Again, just a a reminder, if you're texting at 630-630... yeah. yeah, keep it civil. Keep it civil, folks. You can disagree. But, you can uh, disagree, yeah. but you don't have to be a jerk about it. Uh, we're going to talk to the mayor of Red Deer when we come back. She's still in council meeting right now. So we, what we could do is when we come back from these uh, news headlines, yeah. take a look at some of your texts. Uh, if you want to talk about this, uh, we can take uh, we can take phone calls as well. Um, and we'll get the mayor when she's available. That's right. Uh, Eileen Bell has your uh, 2.30 News up next. With Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Again, we're waiting to hear from Mayor Veer from uh, Red Deer. Um, she's in a in a budget meeting right now, so when she's uh, available, she's going to give us a call, talk to us about the CFR moving down the road to uh, Red Deer after 44 years here in Edmonton. I suppose both a happy and sad story, depending on where you live. Yeah. You said you hadn't been to the CFR in a while. You went? Did you go this past year? No, I didn't go this oh, year. Oh, I no. did. Boy, what a production that is. And I'll be interested to ask the mayor if they intend to change, because I think they do intend to make some adjustments mm. to how it's presented. Well, they've got to make it their own. Yeah, exactly. And I think in a, in a slightly smaller venue is, I, I don't know, it's, it's a century the century. Yeah, so yeah. it's, yeah. It's half the size, but I think they intend to add 2,000 seats to somewhat accommodate the crowd, right? And then they're going to have another venue where they will simulcast what's going on, which, you know, at first I thought... Well, who wants to do that? But then I thought, you know, the last time I went to the CFR, I was yeah. in, not meaning to brag, I was in a suite. I watched most of it on the monitor because that's where the bar was. <laughs> so <laughs> it worked out pretty good for me. <laughs> hey, did you see, uh, this is sort of a, I don't want to start that because that could go on forever. Just, well, it can go on forever, and then we'll just take a break for the mayor. Yeah, I guess so. This Tide Pod Challenge thing. Oh, my gosh. What okay. is going can on I just, out there? Part of me is like... Um, you know, I know what you're gonna. You I know, know what, what I'm. Thinking. You know what I'm thinking, eh? Yeah, you're thinking about natural selection. I am thinking about natural selection, and here's the thing: the company has tried so very hard over the past number of years. Um, on the air talking about uh, you know the safety things, make mm-hmm. sure it stays away from the kids, especially the little kids who might mistake high shelf, it. Yeah. Um, do we have the mayor? Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, we'll get back to All it. Right, but let's apparently get back there's, to a, there's, a, there's some weird challenge going on, and teenagers are eating the darn things. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> Idiots. Okay, right now, though, as uh, we've been telling you, We've been telling you uh, about it. Um, the Canadian Finals Rodeo uh, moving to Red Deer. It was either down to Red Deer or Saskatoon. And late last week, rumors started swirling. Uh, the rumors started swirling that it would be Red Deer awarding the hosting rights. And that was confirmed last night. Take a listen. The Canadian Finals Rodeo is coming to Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. How about it for CF4 45 in Red Deer? It's a 10-year agreement that kicks in later this year. We have Red Deer Mayor uh, Tara Veer here on the phone with us to talk about this exciting announcement. Welcome to the show, Mayor. 
Hi, thank you so much for having And Well, and thank you for making the time. I know you're having a busy day uh, in council. So, Mayor, tell us, when, when it all started to come together, when it all started to become a real reality that uh, CFR was coming to Red Deer, what went through your mind? Must have been thrilling. Uh, you know, this is yet another great piece of news uh, for Red Deer. Of course, we've been positioning ourselves as a community uh, to be a major event and particularly sports tourism tourism hub, uh, not only in Western Canada, but for Canada. And so this is uh, yet another welcome piece of news for us uh, and was certainly an exciting day uh, when mm-hmm. the uh, Prof- Professional Rodeo Association announced us as the choice city. Now, may I uh, get a little background from you? Because, of course, the location of the last one was in question for a time and at one point uh, thinking it would move to Saskatoon. Is this the first time Red Deer bid on this or were you involved in that previous bid uh, opportunity? So as the official uh, organizations that, that were involved in the bid were the Chamber of Commerce and Western Park and so in terms of the specific details they were the ones that uh, secured the bid for our community. Uh, I am not aware that we have formally bid for the CFR before. I think my, it's my understanding that the CFR was uh, was uh, have has 44 years of strong history in Edmonton, uh, obviously because of, of changes that at Northlands, the CFR was in need of a new location. Uh, and there were a number of Canadian cities that were aspiring to be the host home. Uh, I think in looking at it, obviously, uh, it's an, we're another Alberta city and have a history of, of major event tourism. And so I think that that's what uh, made Red Deer uh, the favorable and, and ultimately chosen location for CFR 45. I, I have to ask ask Mayor Veer, and I don't think that this will uh, surprise or offend you, because you mentioned <laughs> off the top that uh, you want Red Deer to be seen as a great location for entertainment events, for mm-hmm. international and sports events, and that sort of thing. So it can't come as a surprise to you, I'm sure, that many people, even Albertans, Edmontonians and Calgarians, view Red Deer as Gasoline Alley. They view it as a place <laughs> that you stop It's and a drive-through to get a coffee, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure you'd like to change that perception. Uh, absolutely. So I so I'll I'll answer that question I think in two parts. Uh, so first of all, and foremost, uh, every opportunity uh, that we get to clarify, Gasoline Alley, Alley is actually not in the city of Red Deer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that is in the county of Red Deer. So that's, you know, the equivalent of saying that a surrounding municipality is Edmonton or Calgary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have worked very hard on our identity, branding, and marketing as a community, recognizing that uh, our fellow Albertans, that many people uh, drive by Red Deer but don't come in to experience Red Deer. Uh, it was fascinating because even uh, the bid committee that came to Red Deer, they, they uh, spoke of that same myth that was debunked where they said, I thought Red Deer was Gasoline Alley. And then I came in and I found this beautiful city of parks mm-hmm. with a dynamic downtown and a vibrant uh, sports, arts, and culture community. Um, so really, we use these major events as an opportunity for us to showcase not the red deer that people perceive us to be, but ultimately the real red deer that we that we are. And you know, and I have to I have to say, Mayor Vera, Andrew, and I both know about um, the arts and cultural side mm-hmm. of red deer. Andrew's performed in red deer numerous times. My my uh, well, the provincial, the high school provincial one acts uh, festival yep. is held there. I've been there uh, to those a number of times as well. I want to talk about the the ten year term 
of uh, of this uh, of this agreement. Were you looking for ten years? Were you hoping for five years? Got ten years? Were you hoping for longer? How important is that ten year? Uh, I think from a couple of perspectives, I think uh, I think ten years is good both for the community and also for event organizers. I don't know that there was necessarily a prescribed amount. Again, uh, it was Westner Park and the Chamber of Commerce that were in those specific negotiations. Uh, but I think ten years allows a couple of things. I think first and foremost, uh, we're grateful for the annual twenty million dollars in economic spinoff that that will uh, mean for Red Deer in region, and of course having that over the course of 10 years uh, brings economic sustainability to a community. But I think the 10-year agreement is important uh, from the rodeo's perspective as well. Uh, Obviously, Edmonton has done very well in in hosting the event for 44 years. Uh, So we want to make sure that we do an exceptional job and the 10 years allows us time to build uh, upon the event Mm -hmm. from its first year. And it also, I think, brings a sense of stability and familiarity for guests to our community uh, who will be coming to Red Deer. Uh, and, and so I think 10 years is certainly the right amount. I think it gives us the opportunity to do it well and to uh, build and be bigger and better in any given year. Uh, and also that just that long-term stability that a 10-year contract brings. You know, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, questions are going to be asked about the capacity of the NMAX Centrium. It holds mm-hmm. half the number of seats that uh, Northlands Coliseum did. But I want to ask you about a different capacity and whether or not you're addressing this. As Jalen said, I've performed in Red Deer Mm -hmm. many times. I enjoy the scene there. It's a fabulous little city. Um, But I've also attended events there. And the last event that I can think that I attended was the Highland Games. And the issue was actually finding hotel Hotel space. Hotel space. uh, And finding reasonably priced hotel space. So are you or have you already addressed the concern of all of these individuals coming in not only to participate but to be fans of the CFR? Is there enough hotel space for them? Uh, yes. So uh, a hotel space, of course, would have been on the table in terms of for the CFR looking to relocate. Obviously, for, for their event success, hotel uh, space will be very uh, important for them. So I'll speak a little bit about our event capacity in the community. Uh, we recognize that the Centrum is smaller, obviously, than uh, Northlands, uh, but there is a temporary seating option that is available. So the fixed seating is 7800 and I understand that they'll deal with that in terms of um, the option of temporary seating, but also extending the time frame of the event itself. So extended timelines and alternate venues and bringing other people into the CFR, I think, is one component. In terms of hotel capacity, uh, we do have hotel capacity in Red Deer and in different parts of Red Deer. Uh, but also, uh, I would make the point that hosting the event in Red Deer opens up a different type of dynamic in terms of people's ability to make day trips to Red Deer mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think the statistic, it seems to me it's 86 or 87 percent of the population of Alberta is within a two-hour driving distance of Red Deer. <laughs> so that presents new opportunities because we're in the heart of the West in terms of day trips. Um, we're also the host community uh, for, we recently hosted, of course, the 
2016 MasterCard Memorial Cup, which is, of mm-hmm. course, a national and international sporting event. Uh, we're partnering uh, with the city of Edmonton and and uh, the Edmonton, uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group, of course, for Ivan Halinka uh, coming up in August. And we're the host city for the 2019 Canada Winter Games. <laughs> and the games, of course, will welcome 20,000 Canadians. And so uh, in, in specifically answering on hotel capacity, all of those games uh, uh, and especially the Canada Winter Games uh, have uh, the hotel question has been asked and answered and and certainly resolved because the hotel capacity required for the games is, is even more substantial than for CFR. Mayor Veer, lots of great things going on in Red Deer these days, aren't there? Yes, it, it really is. Uh, the word on the street is it's a great time to be Red Deerian. <laughs> and, and just to clarify, Mayor, we can still gas up in Red Deer, though, yeah. right? You, yes, but I would prefer that you get off the highway, <laughs> take one of our four exits, and come downtown. Come and when town. you're there, <laughs> and then come into Red Deer and experience Red Deer and support our local economy as well. Hey, do you have, and I'm, we're going to put you on the spot here before we let you go then. Okay, then tell us. Tell us, give us a little, you know, secret spot in, in Red Deer that we need to check out. What's one of your favorites that we should all be going and checking out these days? Okay, absolutely. So as an avid runner and inline skater, I will say anyone who hasn't come into Red Deer, we have 120 kilometers of award-winning trails. Uh, and our linear park system and our park nodes are absolutely breathtaking. There are parts of the trail system uh, that when you're in it, you actually forget uh, that you're inside of a city uh, because of our beautiful natural environment. So I would strongly encourage my fellow Albertans <laughs> who think they know Red Deer uh, to come to our trail system and to tweet me when okay. you come into our trail right. system and uh, and to just share your pictures of what really is a beautiful part of uh, our natural environment. Okay, Mayor Vera, just one thing. What about for those of us who don't run, couldn't run 10 feet? <laughs> They've got, I believe they have bars as well. We can secure well. a golf cart. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Mayor Tara Vera from Red Deer joining us. Congratulations on uh, your city nabbing uh, the Canadian Finals Rodeo. We look forward to making the trek into Red Deer. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> um, to, to enjoy another round of rodeo. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to welcoming you in the fall of 2018. Oh, we'll see about that, yeah. <laughs> we'll let you know when we're there. Thank you. Okay, okay. thanks a lot. Take care. She give half of Texas just to change the way he feels. She knows his love and toss side. She knows he's going to go. in fast and furious juggling a a zillion different things here right now it's 250 three o'clock news coming up okay just before we talk to uh mayor veer Mm -hmm. uh out of red deer we were talking about this uh this this tide pod challenge well it's not don't do it obviously this is the craziest thing right so it it 
it's been around for a while, but it sort of gained uh, legs more recently. So it's, it was it's suspected to date back to 2015 uh, when an online satire uh, appeared in The Onion. You know, it's a satirical uh, publication. And uh, I don't know. They wrote some article about oh, the perspective. Uh, it was a toddler determined to eat a red and blue detergent pond, a pod. And it came on the heels of uh, reports the kids were ingesting the package because they mistake them for candy. But in fact, the story wasn't even real. So it's become real, but it wasn't even real. And it's become real because the fact of the matter is, is that there have been 10 deaths linked to eating the pods. Right. Two were toddlers. Eight were seniors suffering from dementia. And as we mentioned before uh, we were talking to the mayor, um, Tide has really, really tried in its advertising yeah. over the past couple of years to make sure that people know to keep it up, out of the way, to make yeah. sure that the kids know that it's not candy. And then you've got these dumbasses yeah. doing this. Well, and it, here's what happened. In just March of last year, College Humor, another site that uh. I sometimes check out for news items that are the, you know, bottom of the blue folder uh, stories, they put up a video of an adult eating these pods, and it ends with the man being loaded onto an ambulance, and as the paramedics uh. are putting an oxygen mask on his face, he says, I don't regret it. And, and again, it was satire. It's a, it's a parody of stupidity, basically. But it has caused a number of people... Whenever you put up a video that goes viral, other people copy the video mm -hmm. and they... And they want the attention, they too. They want the attention, right? But as you just said, Jalen, it's caused deaths. It's caused... I, th I read somewhere 2,000 reports of poisonings yep. in, in recent uh, times. There's it's just the most ridiculous, These, stupid the, thing. the little things are just a little ball of toxicity. <clears throat> Ethanol, hydrogen peroxide, polymers, ingestion can cause vomiting, diarrhea, coughing, drowsiness, nausea, irritation, conjunctivitis that gets in the eyes. If the detergent makes it into the lungs, it can cause respiratory distress. Like I know, but here's the thing, and I, I'm glad you I mean, read we, that. I mean, we all did stupid things, sure. but when you're... Uh, I, re I, I usually fell short of poisoning myself. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, and you have to read... You know, the company puts out and professors and doctors put out, hey, here's why you can't eat them. And because we live in a society where you have to actually explain that you don't eat detergent. 40 teens, 40 teenagers in the U.S. have uh, been treated so far this, this year after ingesting the liquid detergent. So... Listen, is there a bigger question here? We often talk about the need for validation on social media and or the need for likes and retweets and, and thumbs ups and whatever else are out there. Is that need so great? Yes, for some, yes, absolutely. That you're willing to risk your life? Apparently. It's crazy. They have called in one of the, you know, he's a great football player. Used to play for the Saints, but now he's with the Patriots. Rob Gronkowski, Gronkowski yes. Gronk, yeah. huge guy, <laughs> love him. To to do a, a little ad, plain and simple. Listen to Gronk. No, 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 no. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods for washing, not eating. Do not eat. No, 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 no. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods. For washing, not eating. Do not eat. Oh my goodness! He's just like no. Well, you heard it, but yeah. you should see the video. <laughs> it's, it's just it's Gronk. It's just pure craziness. Now, but a real thing, right? It was actually, and that's what I'm trying to say. It was started as a parody. What that, did we do? Were there things like this when we were 
kids. Well, lawn darts I mean, always comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, but, but no, but there was nothing that... Well, I guess we weren't videotaping it and sharing it, and it, it, you know... We don't have to go back to these days, and we shouldn't. And there's great reasons for protecting children against poisonous materials that you may or may not know are poisonous. You know, things under the sink. There's a reason why companies don't tend to make packaging for poisonous goods um, attractive to children, right? Now, I will say the Tide Pods are very bright. Uh, blue and red right. and white and all, yeah. They, they are meant to leave the impression that they will brighten your clothes. I mean, that's that's meant to appeal to the shopper that, yeah, this is a very bright, little, compact thing that will brighten your clothes, right? But at no point, really, and like I say, I understand all the changes to packaging. I understand all the information about locking up stuff under the sink and everything. But how did all of us get through life, those of us that are in our 40s, 50s, and 60s, how did we get through life without downing detergent? How You don't know how... What was there to stop us <laughs> from taking poison? Now, I know it happened to some people, but is there no common mm. sense left on the planet? Is it? Because here's <sighs> the thing. You come up with a story, and that's what The Onion is all about, and that's what College Humor is all about. They come up with stories that are so stupid Dude. that they're laughable, and that's why I like yeah. reading them. But they actually created a story because in a, in a, on a site that is dedicated to dumb, stupid, untrue stories enough people looked at it and went, hey, that's probably true. The Onion, the Beaverton, all, all of those. All of those. They're for uh, entertainment. And I was wrong. I was just dreaming that Gronk played for the Saints once. Oh. I saw him, I saw him play against the Saints once. No, he's only played for the Patriots, but I love him. I want him to play for the Saints. I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints are your team, eh? Yeah. Yeah, sad, sad week for you. You'll get over it. You're going to Mexico. You'll be fine. Was there a, is there a playoff game while we're in Mexico? Mm-hmm. I don't really follow Yeah, the when we're landing on Sunday, oh, there'll, be a, well, look at there'll it, be a game. Look, there's the upside to that news. You won't miss the Saints playing in a game. <laughs> I won't miss Because <laughs> they already golfing. <laughs> no, 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 no. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods. For washing, not eating. Do not eat. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.